Hi, I'm Ashton Pills, and welcome to another episode of Golden Nuggets for Aspiring Coaches. Today's guest is current head coach of the Spartanburg Methodist Pioneers, Heather Macy. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. Looking forward to the questions. I I hear that there's some really difficult ones, so I'll do my best for you. (laughs) Thanks. So why don't we just start off by what's been your motivation behind coaching? Well, I think ever since I was young playing the game, I always knew that I wanted to stay involved and be around the game. I I wasn't sure in what capacity. I think as as a young player, we always think that we're going to continue to play uh, forever. And uh, at some point that was going to stop. And, I, I, you know, I'm not sure why God said, Heather, I want you to get into coaching and specifically college coaching. But I am going into what would now be my 20th year uh, in the game and so thankful for it. And the, the drive behind it has always been the ability to influence and impact young people. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of hit on your playing career. Um, you played at Greensboro College. So how did you make that transition from a player into a coach? Well, really fortunate to, A, play for really, really good coaches. And at Greensboro College, I played for Coach Steve Johnson. And he has always been a mentor of mine and the ability to just share with me about the industry. And then living in a city during my playing career that afforded so many opportunities that I was able to be involved with camps and clinics, as well as uh, Coach AAU basketball in the summertime, which was a huge advantage and really great experience for me Uh, during all of that. As a matter of fact, at the college, Randy Doss, who at the time was a a VP in admissions, and he was really big in AAU and Greensboro. And I said, I said, coach, you know, I think I really want to be a college basketball coach. And his number one advice to me, which I would, I'd probably say it's still good advice to this day is that um, the, the lows are too low and the highs are never high enough. And I think that would have been true throughout my coaching career. I think those experiences have proven to be fact. uh, But there's something about coaching that it's it's a lifestyle. And to me, it's addictive. And it's just something that I couldn't imagine uh, not having that as part of my day-to-day life. You hit on him being your mentor. How important is it for aspiring coaches to find a mentor that they can learn from? I think having a mentor is really important. Uh, but maybe even having a really diverse group of mentors, meaning uh, people who had different experiences, because not everyone's path is going to be the same. And so I'm very fortunate to have a lot of different people who've coached at different levels and different experiences, because that's the best way for young coaches to learn is through other people's experiences. So I would probably say if, if you're a young coach breaking into the industry, listen, do a ton of listening a lot less talking. And then when you're listening, listen really intently to hear the message behind the message to understand that there's valuable knowledge and people who have already walked in those shoes um, and and don't look at it like, Oh, that would never happen to me because it may not happen in the next five years, but somewhere in the next 10 or 15, that situation will come up and you can learn valuable experience. um, Just listening to coaches who've been in the industry a long time. Yeah, and who are some other mentors that you have helped that have helped you get to where you are today besides your former coach? Well, I'm really fortunate to have coached at Francis Marion, which at the time was the seventh all-time winningest women's college basketball program in the country. And there was a, a an array of coaches who'd been through that program. And through my 
interaction with the alumni there, um, I was able to meet a lot of those coaches and form relationships. And one of those people was uh, Sylvia Hatchell, who was the coach of the University of North Carolina. But she was at Francis Marion for 11 seasons and won two national championships. And so that allowed us to create a relationship. And I mean, you want to talk about valuable information and who's who's gone through it and seen it all. I mean, she was just really incredible for me and really allowed me to pick the phone up and call her at any point, especially for my transition from being a division two head coach to going in and being a division one head coach. She was invaluable uh, during that transition period. Yeah. And, you know, as you transitioned um, from assistant to head, kind of talking about your five seasons as an assistant, um, you helped lead your teams to an 84-60 record. So what are some some of the qualities of a great assistant coach? Be a great recruiter. Um, that is – you cannot put a price on that. Assistant coaches need to be an, a really good recruiting. And, you know, too many times I think people think recruiting and they see it as one-dimensional. And I always saw recruiting and do now as seeing it multidimensional, meaning you've got to have good eyeballs in it. Meaning, can you evaluate? Can you go out and, and be able to identify, A, players that are going to be elite at the level you're coaching? Now, I've coached at every level, so it's, it's unique for me. I think I've got a really good read on what level players should go for a multitude of reasons, not just the skill set, but it's also a mindset. Uh, that uh, and the ability to see who your head coach wants to re- coach for four years, who fits into how they want to play, and then really whose personality um, can really excel. And those are all gifts. And then once you, you're able to do that, the ability to follow up and follow through and be detailed, uh, the ability to understand that everyone's going to get recruited a little bit differently, and really who are the decision makers in that family, being able to identify that's important. That's not always who they tell you the decision maker is. So I think it's ability to identify. And then the strategies behind recruiting, meaning – from the initial touch of the phone call or the initial evaluation when you're on their campus or when they're on your campus and how you're handling those and that you're not having the same conversations and that you're you're keeping it interesting. What are some ways that you've been creative with recruiting? Well, first I've got a a really good uh, coaching staff and specifically assistant coaches that have done a great job of identifying and I'll be honest with you, we're probably one of the few junior colleges in the country that just had such a jump on recruiting. We'd gotten a ton of commitments really early and um, a ton of kids on campus. And we, we do monthly training. And that was really big time because the majority of kids that we're talking to right now know us. They feel like that we have a personal relationship with them and they'd already been on our campus, thankfully, because as this thing shut down, um, it changes the element. We're still finishing our 2020 class. So the ability to get on virtually and do the touring and walk them through, this is what this looks like. And fortunate for us, we're getting a brand new gym and it's going to be amazing. So we're able to kind of show those renderings of what that's going to look like and getting kids to really see what the future um, from a a perspective at Spartanburg Methodist will be, not where we are today, but where we will be. And we've been able to really sell that, I believe. You know, kind of talking outside of the basketball season, um, you spoke at numerous coaching clinics. So what are some of the key points, philosophies that you hit on? Well, I'm uh, about to jump on one here this afternoon, as a matter of fact. I'm sure everybody's been following that through all of this. It's been so cool 
Um, so thankful to be a part of that with the summit. And I'm going to talk today on elite performers, leave nothing to chance ever. And then tomorrow I'll address quick change, which is a, a maximizing practice time. I think all coaches struggle with, you know, we're sharing the gym with whomever and we only have this amount of time. And what are we going to do to maximize the time for performance and to be able to see that transfer into the game? And so I'll address that tomorrow. Um, but yeah, you know, the coaches clinic thing for me has been a way for me to give back and to hopefully bring education to our sport. Cause I think our sport needs more education, needs more coaches who are hungry to grow in the competency of not just X's and O's, but the ability to teach the game um, and the details of the game. And today when I'm talking about elite performers, that's a mindset training that um, I, I was certified in emotional intelligence about, I think it's been three years now ago. And, you know, for me, it's just the secret sauce of elite performers, whether it's from a athletic standpoint of them becoming better or the ability for the coaches themselves to improve. Because I think coaches, we're, we're the worst in this profession of we tell our athletes they need to drink more water and eat healthy. And we're absolutely not taking care of ourselves. And so that doesn't that doesn't allow us to be elite performers. So that's really been on my heart and my message here recently is, you know, coaches, coaching coaches and the ability for us to be elite performers, to allow our athletes to overachieve. Yeah. And speaking on elite performers, you know, you are a emotional intelligence certified coach. So what does that include and how does that help people be elite performers? Well, in corporate America, EQ is overused, but in college athletics, it's rarely used. And so um, emotional intelligence is the ability to, for me, myself, to recognize my own emotions. And then it's, it's another layer of the ability to recognize other people's emotions. So in the coaching industry, your staff or your team. And then the third layer of that that really is where the magic happens is the ability to recognize the emotions and the environment that you're in. And by doing that, you know, your EQ can improve seven to 10 percent versus your IQ. Right. Which you're not able to do it like that. So if if I said to anyone, I said, hey, listen, you could be seven to 10 percent smarter or seven to 10 percent elevated on your shooting percentage. Everyone would say, absolutely. Let's go do that. Um, So what I'm telling is like your ability to emotionally prepare yourself for an experience is going to elevate the performance in that. And division one college athletics is, is tough gig and there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of stresses for the athletes and the coaches. And so how are you able to handle those moments is really what this education is about. And it's on my heart because when I learned this, I'm going, Holy cow, if I'd only known this 10 years ago. And so I just want to bring this to the forefront in athletics to say, hey, corporate America is already ahead of us. Let's jump on this thing and, and implement this into your daily life and see the improvement. Yeah. And, you know, during this uh, quarantine, how have you been implementing this and how have you been taking care of yourself mentally and physically outside of basketball? Well, it's hugely important. Um, what I believe is how we come out of the quarantine is going to be the key. And so that's the same thing I'm telling our team right now is that you guys know the training of what we should be doing. We stay in our routine. So whether it's the ability to get up, grab your shower, get dressed just like you would normally and stay into the same routine is really important. Uh, I've probably 
went up a couple notches with my fitness over this time, because I think that's a part of when your body moves, your brain moves, and it's a part of being healthy, but feeding your brain positive things. I, I'm one to kind of stay off of the surfing social media. I don't believe in that, that that's white noise. I think that's actually poisoning our brains and overloading information, but staying off of that as much as possible, unless, unless you're doing work on it. Um, and updating some things with your checking on friends and family, but the same with reading. I think what you're putting into your, your brain and your body is the key hydration. I'm a really big, you know, are we drinking enough water? Are we staying hydrated type person? But you know, those healthy habits and routines, um, I would recommend it's called insight timer and it's a meditation app. It's really good. Um, but the ability to stay into some of those routines and, we've been recruiting our tails off. And so we we've had great results with signing kids during this period of time. Very thankful for all of that. Uh, and just continuing to move our program forward. But I, I would say that our team is handling it, meaning we've still got players that are waiting for signing day to come and for them not to panic over this period of time, but to prepare. And, and that's the key staying in shape, staying mentally, healthy, finishing academically strong. And then as soon as the quarantine is over, don't be the people that it takes a week or two weeks to get back into a routine. Be the folks that are already in a great routine and actually feel stronger coming back out of this. Yeah, that, that's really good. That's really good. Um, you know, moving on, uh, improving your team for next season, how was your first season as head coach at Spartanburg, and what did you learn most? Well, it's been great. I've never been a junior college coach. I've always recruited junior colleges really, really hard. And, you know, th- it's a really special niche because you have the ability to help kids on the front end and the back end. So we're helping kids right now who, for different circumstances, didn't get maybe the offers that they want. Um, some of it is – Obviously, maybe they're from these rural areas and just didn't get the exposure. And then the ability to we have a point five rule and allowing those kids that whoever they were recruited by coming out of high school, that we want to get them point five percent better going into their next opportunity and give them choices into a four year school. And then, you know, I just believe that the level of training that we have here allows kids to come out physically, mentally and emotionally improved. Speaking on, um, you know, you also have a nonprofit called Influence Plus Impactors, and your mission statement includes uh, to build, connect, empower, and inspire all towards a successful, positive, and a winner's mindset. So how do you help people and your student-athletes achieve that? Well, this, it's been, a, I've been so thankful to have been involved in this, and it's really philosophically what I personally believe is that for me, I, I want to win basketball games now only so my voice is louder to influence and impact people in a positive way. And I think there was a point in my career where that's not why I wanted to win. And so we've got to keep your why centered and aligned to your purpose. And all of us, whether you're a high school athlete or you're in, in corporate America, there's always periods of time that we need empowerment. And we need people to encourage us. And I think that we, we don't all want to admit that, but it's, it's just the truth. I need encouragement. I need, I need a cheerleader on my side many days. And so that's what our nonprofit helps serve is we want to motivate, we want to inspire, and we want to encourage 
And we could do that in a hundred different ways. I mean, obviously getting out and going, doing coaches clinics across the country or going into schools becomes a really easy way, but we're expanding this to where, uh, to do some two feet in coaching is what we're calling it. And so that's a lot of one-on-one to where it's an accountability system. Um, and it's an ability to have someone that you know is on your side that's going to tell you the truth and want you to win because that's where it's not a win-win situation. It's a let me help you win. And that's how we can all win in life when we have that mindset. Really good, really good. And, you know, kind of inspiring and serving others. What are just some golden nuggets of advice that you want to share with aspiring young coaches? Well, you know, my big thing is about competency, is prepare, 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 be as good as you can possibly be in every facet. Um, And I've I've said this before, and I I think it's worth saying again, I think young coaches get told to network and get told how many hands can you shake and how many business cards and resumes can you pass out. You know, maybe I'm a little bit introverted, and, and I don't think that that's the strategy. I think the strategy is learn your craft and continue to learn it. I mean, I, I was an assistant coach for five seasons before I had an opportunity to be a head coach at the age of 26, which by the way, is way too young to go and do that. And I had no idea what I was doing and I needed to learn so much more. Now I'm 20 years in it and I still need to continue to learn. And so I would just encourage, you know, everyone to dive in every single day, learn because the game of basketball has so many intricacies and it's such a simple game but the way that you can teach it can can get really complex if you're not careful keeping it simple but yet understand and have just a high basketball IQ and then the ability to relate to the players to explain what you know I think is a gift and it takes practicing it to get it where it needs to be so I guess my golden nugget would be Continue to work on your craft every single day and your uh, competency within the game of basketball. That's awesome. Um, What is the best way for coaches to contact you, you know, if they want to hear more about your philosophies, your values? We'd love to hear from from you guys. Uh, Feel free to go to influenceandimpactors.com. That has uh, all the email information and the phone number. Uh, But to reach me directly at SMC. It's go, um, pioneers.com um, or you can just give me a phone call and I would love to visit with you guys and talk hoops. And if I can be of any assist to anybody, I'd be glad to do it. Awesome. Thanks for being on the Thanks podcast. Thanks for having me.